Hello, you mindful mamas. It's your host, Lena Lemos, and I am so sick of that intro that I just couldn't bear to put it in this episode anymore. I feel like so much has changed since I first made that at the beginning of this year. And I think we're all in that place where this year has brought on a lot of changes, a lot of deep healing, a lot of inner work. And that's really just not aligned with what I want to portray with Enlightenhood or this podcast anymore. We have up-leveled tenfold and... I am going to create a new intro for season three when we get there that represents that. I'm not sure if you saw our huge announcement on Instagram TV last night, but we announced some huge changes that we're bringing to our collective, which is our spiritual motherhood community. And this time at home and figuring out how we want to show up in the world to support mothers who are going to lead the change and do that inner work to make this world a better place for everyone. We really felt called that our community needed a better structure than it had had before. So we are so excited that we moved everything over to something called Mighty Networks. And now we basically have the education of the monthly spiritual workshops, the thought leadership of what spirituality looks like in motherhood, the tangible tools of how to apply these meditations, journal prompts, spiritual teachings to your practice as a mother. And we have the community. It's like its own social media network. You can find like-minded moms near you. You can access it from your phone. You can chat, you can connect, you can have discussions. And it is just... Truly phenomenal. I'm obsessed. It makes me not want to be on Instagram or Facebook ever again. But to join us in there, go to collective.enlightenedhood.com or you can go to enlightenedhood.com backslash membership to see all the awesome things that you get with your monthly subscription. And I don't want to list them all off here because I want to get to today's episode. But anyway, on the last guest episode of season two, I am so excited to share with you my conversation with Jalen Schroeder. I first met Jalen last year at the Mob Con in San Diego. And since I have really been watching this beautiful evolution uh, from afar of watching her step into her truth and own her power. So I originally asked her to share her story as part of our Soul Lift anthology of mindful motherhood stories and mothers discovering spirituality. But I also thought that this conversation of religion and diving into spirituality also had to live on this podcast. So like I said, my guest today is Jalen Schroeder and she is a wife, mom to two, and has always been an entrepreneur at heart. Jalen started out blogging at the Red Closet Diary over 10 years ago as an outlet while dealing with a rocky marriage. Through blogging, she was able to make and create an income by being involved with what she loves most, fun fashion and sharing. In May of 2016, Jalen joined Senegents, a long-lasting cosmetics and anti-aging skincare company. As a result, she was able to build a multi-million dollar team and build an awesome community all while growing in ways she never thought possible. In November of 2018, Jalen launched her very own store, The Red Closet Shop, as her ultimate dream to own her own shop and offer fun, unique, and bold styles for all body types, and she did just that. Jalen is passionate about sharing her story and helping other women do the same. 
from PCOS to anxiety to diastasis recti to most currently going through a massive spiritual awakening. She shares it all and hopes to help others not feel so alone or silenced when going through these things. Today, Jalen is sharing her journey of leaving the Mormon church. I learned a lot of things about this religion that I had no idea. After leaving the church, Jalen really had this huge space to find her own beliefs and her own purpose. And it's such a beautiful story to listen to. And I know it can help so many people out there. So without further ado, here's Jalen. So where do you want to start with your story? Because I know you were part of the Mormon church and you left, but is that kind of where this most recent chapter and kind of stepping into your own power happened? Or was it kind of happening before that? Were you always mindful and spiritual? What was that transition like? I guess the backstory of this, not necessarily that this was the spiritual side of it, but um, just becoming a business owner and the industry that I'm in, that honestly gave me the confidence and growth to actually start stepping into my path and have the confidence to do so because before I was very much like I have to follow my path I have to do what I'm told I have to do what my parents want of me um I was all I'm I've always been very strong opinionated and I've never I've always been like fine sharing my journey my path but when it came to something so big I definitely needed to have that growth and that you know that personal Mm -hmm. development that gave me the confidence to finally start really questioning. And so, yeah, any just, I mean, that whole um, network marketing and being exposed to a lot of different people that completely opened up my eyes to so many. So I can like definitely dive into that, but yeah. What was that transition? Like, was it you just starting to come into contact with a bunch of other people and starting just to kind of question the way that you were raised in your beliefs? So in my in my head, I had the mentality of, I mean, we're taught that the Mormon church is the one and only true church on the earth. And so that was always in my mind, even though I'm, I've always been very open-minded and accepting and loving of everyone. It's still always in the back of my head when people are like, oh, I had a spiritual experience in my head. I'd be like, oh, well, that's not real because you're not in the Mormon church. Like just Mm. ridiculous things in my head like that, which I mean, they're obviously just ingrained from whatever I was taught growing up little, little. Um, so yeah, just being exposed to so many good people. And I'm like, wait, if, if there is like, I just couldn't wrap my head around God, not loving or wanting all his children with him. And, and I think even becoming a parent opened my eyes up even more because I mean, I would support, I mean, if my kids murdered someone, I would still want to go to prison and visit them. And, you know, like you're an idiot, but you're my child and I still love you. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I'm like, okay, there's no way that a loving God is going to just say, sorry, you weren't Mormon. Like you don't get to come into the highest level of heaven. So, I mean, I think it was just little pieces. So becoming a mother, um, just being around a lot of different people that were such amazing examples to me. And then, I mean, it was, yeah, little pieces that kind of just all together built up to that. Yeah. Did it feel like a natural next step or was there a lot of resistance? 
there was a lot of inner resistance. <laughs> like <laughs> it was a, it was a battle inside, an internal battle, and I've never been through anything quite like that, especially with the the spiritual side of me um, leaving Mormonism. That was so hard because for those who are not obviously familiar with that religion, it's, it comes down to what we eat, what we drink, what we, I mean, what we wear, the underwear we wear, literally every aspect of my life was already decided. I already knew what was going to happen in my life because of this religion. So when I started um, questioning it, it actually came about because I was trying to become more faithful and develop a stronger testimony. And I wanted to kind of just be stronger and better for my children. And so I really dove in deep and that's when I started seeing red flags and I mm. um, started questioning things. So as I was reading and questioning things, Oh, 100%, there was a massive internal battle. Like, no, this is the devil trying to tell you that you're like, you're wrong. And this is adversity or whatever. And but then my gut, I mean, my gut kept telling me like, there's, there's something here. So I kept looking and I prayed and, and that's kind of, it's funny because I think the, the story people are told in our, in the Mormon religion is that people who leave the religion, they're either lost or they're going off to sin or whatever it is, but that's like totally opposite of my experience. And a lot of people that I know, I mean, we had questions and we followed our heart and we prayed and we did what was best for us. And so, yeah, the narrative of people leaving the church is, is really hard and damaging. So the internal battle came from all sides. It came from me battling myself and it came from what are my parents going to think? Like they're going to be heartbroken. What are my husband, what's my husband going to think? What's my husband's parents going to think? So it was kind of I mean, it was everything. What are my friends going to think? There was just, it was a massive, massive internal battle that definitely put me in the worst spot I've ever been in my life as far as like my, my mental health. And it, I mean, I definitely hit rock bottom during that time. And it was almost a year ago in July. Wow. Happy anniversary almost. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad I survived a year. (laughs) So was there a lot of how did your family feel about it? Did did you kind of work it up in your head or did they take it how you thought they would? My family, I love my parents so much, but we, there's not a lot of communication um, in my family. So feelings were very hard growing up and I don't necessarily like blame that on anyone. I just remember um, growing up, I always felt like I was in trouble or walking on eggshells. And so when, when my parents wanted to have discussions or when they tried to talk about stuff, I would just like shut down and I'm still working on that to this day. I've gotten so much better, but the communication, which has just not been great. And I see that in both of my parents' side of the family. So I was actually worried about my husband's parents more than my parents. Um, And the night I told them, I actually was at their house. They live about four hours away from us. I was at their house over the weekend and I wanted to tell them so bad, but I just could not do it in person. It just, the thought of it made me sick. So I'm like, okay, I'm not telling them in person. So we got home and I actually called them because I was just in a place where I felt like I was quite literally going to explode if I just didn't get this out. Um, I'm, I can't keep 
not that it's a secret, but I just can't keep this stuff such a huge life change to myself because it just eats me alive. So I called them, I think I actually FaceTimed them. And um, I mean, I, I remember this very clear. It was literally almost a year ago. And they pretty much I told them, you know, I was leaving the church. And um, my they pretty much said they didn't want to know why and they didn't want to talk about it ever again. So um, they have not treated me differently, which I obviously appreciate and love, but we literally have not said a word about me leaving the church since that conversation. And I mean, I see them all the time. We go visit them and we FaceTime them all the time. But like I said, the communication in my family is definitely a different dynamic. So we just, we just don't talk about it. And I'm the oldest child and I felt like there's a lot of, there was a lot of expectations on me, which I do feel like was a huge part of um, just how hard I am on myself. My parents had very high expectations for me and I lived up to those just because I wanted to make my parents proud. Um, and the funny thing is most, I'm, most of my siblings aren't in the church. I only have one sister in the church now and there's five of us. So I think it was very hard on my parents when I left because they had expectations for me. And I mean, they even said when we were talking that they thought out of all my siblings, I would be the one, you know, to stick it out and stay in the church. So it's it's hard because I obviously never want to disappoint my parents, but I secretly, even though we don't talk, I secretly always hope that they see that I'm doing better and I'm on a better path for myself. So yeah, that's how it went with my parents and my husband's parents. That was definitely a harder experience for me. <laughs> is your husband still part of the church? Oh man, this is a loaded <laughs> question. Um, we, I actually haven't talked about this anywhere yet. So you are the first to get the scoop. I've kind of just mm. been letting him do his thing. And he is in a, very, a different place than me. Um, he still is. When I first... When I first told him, um, I was, I brought up questions to him and told him I was questioning things and he's like, Oh, I'm more than happy. Like, let's chat about it. I can answer your questions because he's, I mean, he's very educated on it. He went on a mission. So he lived and breathed everything down to the, I mean, he knew, he knows a lot. So, so he was like, yeah, I'll totally talk to you. We can, we can work through this thing. But in the meantime, I was like, literally 24 seven, like reading and listening and studying and praying. And, um, I don't think he knew how much I was putting into just trying to figure it out. And before we even had the chance to answer my questions, I decided I was completely done. Um, so I told him the first thing he said is he wanted a divorce. (laughs) So, I mean, he changed, I mean, he instantly like took that back, like after five minutes, but it's, but it's, it's totally understandable because it's such what is ingrained into us is, I mean, technically in which was a hard, a hard piece for me was that I'm pretty much breaking our promises that we made at our wedding and we wouldn't Mm. be together in heaven as a family. And that's, that's awful. And that is a huge burden for me to bear. And it was really hard for my husband to hear that in that moment. So once I told him, I mean, we talked about it and Things were very hard for a couple of weeks and things changed fast because I, I mean, I went from, I'm like a 500,000% person. If I'm doing something, I'm going to do it. 
So I continued the next six months after I decided to leave, I continued studying and reading and I was very angry and it was definitely hard for my husband. Um, we didn't talk about it a lot because my goal was never, I, my, I never said like, Oh, I want him to leave the church. Like that's, I want him to be happy. And that's my ultimate goal. And if that's what makes him happy, yes, it will be hard for me. I will not lie. It would be so hard for me if he was 100% active and like living that because of the anger that I have and the damage that it's done um, in my life. Just a lot of things that I'm going to have to be working through for a long time. So we, um, just him being around all of my questions and I would send him things and say, Hey, did you know this? Or, um, can we discuss this? So I kind of, we discussed things as I felt they were appropriate because I didn't want to bombard him or make him feel like he was under attack or even make him feel like he needed to choose, um, between, you know, his religion or his wife or whatever it was. So over the course of those six months, he definitely had a complete change and he saw a lot of different things with me studying and me changing my lifestyle completely. Um, so he still claims uh, Mormonism and um, he's kind of one foot in and one foot out, I guess is probably the best way to describe it. He had a lot of very spiritual experiences on his mission and he, in general, I mean, he loved he loved growing up in the church and now he just sees a bigger view and we're on the same page as that, which is, I can't even tell you. It's like the biggest breath of just relief that we're on the same page because I have a lot of friends who are not on the same page and I see how painful um, it is for them. Like for me, my biggest fear was that my husband would take my kids to church and then at church they'd be, my kids would be sitting there learning about how bad their mom is. And that's, Oh, I'm getting emotional over it. <laughs> it's like the worst feeling ever to think like your children could think you're a bad person and be learning that at church. And that was like my biggest, just, it scared me. And, um, he was so supportive and he saw that side of things. And luckily we're, we're so on the same page when it comes to, um, I mean, just a lot of, a lot of random things like modesty and just a lot of things that were toxic for me growing up he totally is on the same page with me and he sees now that there's good and bad in everything which I'm so grateful for like there's good and bad in religion there's good and bad in drinking alcohol there's good and bad in food I mean there's good and evil and whatever in every like little thing and it's all about moderation and making good choices and all that kind of stuff so his his view of everything has massively changed so I'm, I mean, I couldn't have pictured a better outcome as of right now, because I thought that this was just going to be a lifelong challenge and struggle with both of us, um, just on different pages and trying to raise our kids. But we've been, we've been pretty good since the beginning about agreeing on, you know, the, the plan at the beginning was he would take them to church one week and I would take them to a non-denominational church the second, the, like every other week. And that lasted about two weeks. <laughs> and I mean, we just, we really started valuing our time together at home as a family on Sundays. And it definitely became, I don't know, every, our, our whole perspective about religion and church and 
whatever changed. And I feel like we really, we really got on the same page with how, like what's important to us in life, like is going to church and sitting in a building to like chase our kids down the hall. They don't want to sit there. They're screaming. Like, is that, is that really what we need to be doing on Sundays? Like what? So yeah, I mean, that was kind of a very long answer, but that's kind of where we're at. So I'm obviously 100% done. I'm trying to remove my name um, from their records, which has been the biggest pain of my life. And yeah, he's kind of just, he's kind of just doing his thing and enjoying life. And yeah, that's where we're at right now. I have goosebumps because I think that's just such a beautiful testament to when you can give your partner and just someone their own space to decide what they believe in, but also you kind of have this common ground of values, just the kind of magic that can happen and how you can co-create the life that you want. Yeah, I've been very blessed with my husband because I can't say that the situation would have been the same the other way around. I'm definitely a lot more like stubborn and hard-headed and he's so patient and loving. Um so I'm so grateful that it's I mean I I mean I get told that all the time. I really am so lucky. He's just such an amazing man and again I said like I see so many of my friends who it's just such a huge burden in their relationship and they don't know if they're going to make it. And it's just, I'm just so grateful that I have him. So before we get into talking about kind of what that spiritual transition looked like after you left the Mormon church, I just can't stop thinking about how you said you knew down to what underwear you were going to wear. So what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Okay. Well, without divulging too much weirdness, um, and obviously being respectful to those that I still love that practice. So I don't even know how to explain that. <laughs> it's kind of funny because there's some things people ask and I'm like, it's weird, right? But I don't know how to explain it. And it was always just something that I'm like, yeah, this is weird, but I do it because this is my religion. Um, so when you go through the temple, which I'm sure you have heard of the Mormon temples, we have quite a few um, in the country. So you pretty much go through a ceremony and it's called um, taking out your endowments. And you do that when you either get married or you go on a mission. So you're pretty much making like these covenants and promises to God um, during this ceremony. And I actually went through that twice, which is not super common because once you get married, it's very looked down upon to get divorced. And it's, it's a crazy process to pretty much have a temple divorce from a spouse. If you're a woman, if it's a man, it doesn't matter if you're a woman, it's awful. So, um, I got divorced so that, I don't know if you even knew that. So I got married in the temple. Um, we were married for two and a half years. When I met Sonder, we wanted to get married in the temple again. So I had to go through this crazy process to pretty much, um, unseal myself from him as my husband, my ex, even though through the state we were divorced. Hmm, I didn't know that. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. So it's, it's very complex. I'm trying to explain it in the least complicated ways possible. So you go through the ceremony and then you get to wear these, (laughs) I like to call them magic underwear because they're supposed to protect you and just kind of remind you of the covenants you made to God. But I just struggled with those things and they're white and they're symbols on them and they go to the top of your knees and then they cover your shoulders and then your whole body is covered. So 
you're obviously supposed to wear clothing that covers those. So no tank tops, no shorts, pretty much above your knee. Um, and it's, interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> even I mean the ceremony was really hard for me both times I hated both of my wedding ceremonies but it's funny to me because I was so uncomfortable and anytime we went to the temple to do like a ceremony or whatever I cried the whole way there because my anxiety was so bad but I kept telling myself like you need to get over this like you're supposed to be doing this you're supposed to be here but I just had the worst feeling the whole time and it makes me so sad that I just put myself through that over and over again just to do what I was supposed to do, you know? So there's kind of a quick explanation, but Makes yeah, more sense sermons now. <laughs> are pretty much just their underwear. So when you go through that, you don't wear like normal human underwear. Um, as a woman, you wear your bra on top of the garments. Mm. So it's kind of just like an undershirt and it's awful during the summer. I feel really bad for people that live in like Arizona that are probably just like drenched all the time. So it's, it's a pretty, it's pretty interesting. And it's even crazier when you're in it. It's like, it feels normal. But then when you're out, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is so freaking weird that I did that for so long. (laughs) I'm learning so many new things. (laughs) I know you, there's probably so many things you don't even know. It's just, it's a very interesting religion. And I just love and respect everyone in there. There's so many good people, so many good people. And the church really does focus on a lot of great things, but then there's also a lot of teachings that in my opinion are very toxic and very harmful to women, especially women. So that was, I mean, those are things I'm going to be having. I mean, I've been going to therapy and that just wasn't strong enough. Um, It's going to take a lot more than that. So let's talk about what happened after you left the church. What was that transition? Like, did you how did you kind of come out of that really hard period of your life? Were there any tools you learned? When did your own spirituality and your own beliefs apart from any religion really come into play? So when I decided to leave, I, my neighbor actually reached out to me and and was like, Hey, you should come to my church with me. And I just, I was like, Oh my gosh, heck no, I'm not like, I can't dive back into another church right now. But I kept getting the feeling like, Hey, you should go. You should just, you should just call her. And I had never met my neighbor or even like really spent time with her. So Sunday rolled around. It was like four days later and I just kept having a feeling I needed to go check it out. So I uh, messaged her. We went, it was so weird for me because I had never, I mean, our, the Mormon religion is very like you put your best dress on and you're, it's very reverent and Um, And then I went to this Christian church and there's like a band and people standing. And it was, it was very different than what I was used to, but I loved it. Um, It felt like personal development to me and it felt like it felt very welcoming. And I was, I literally wore a dress and everyone else was in jeans. I'm like, this is awesome. People can wear jeans to church. (laughs) So as a like 32 year old woman, I was just experiencing this whole new side to, um, faith and religion, I guess. So I went to that church for a couple of weeks. Um, and then I started questioning just everything. So it's funny because when I first left the church to now, I feel like things have changed 40 times, just my belief system and everything. So I, um, eventually stopped going to church and to be quite honest, I was questioning, um, if God exists and if like I was questioning everything. So 
that was kind of, and it not necessarily was a hard place, but I just, I was getting triggered by obviously all of the Mormon stuff. And then on top of that, when people would talk about God or send me scriptures, it was so triggering. So at that point, I just was like, okay, I need to listen to myself. I don't need to put myself in this path right now. So I kind of just stepped, I stepped back and um, I actually got really into meditation and I was listening to a secular Buddhism podcast and I fell in love with that um, and not necessarily Buddhism per se, but it was a lot different than I thought or what I perceived that it was. Um, and I loved it. It was like personal development, teaching people to be mindful and just stuff like that. It's stuff that every human could use in their life, just really good tools. And it wasn't just preaching or you need to do this or you're not going to go to heaven. So I loved, I really loved listening to that podcast and I kind of dove into that. So I started um, meditating a lot and it's pretty crazy because I became more spiritual than I had ever become. I was getting just answers to my questions and just things would come to me while I was meditating. Um, and I've told this story a couple of times on my Instagram, but there was a very defining moment for me. I was driving home from, it might've been therapy, I think, but I was driving home and coming up around our street and something just hit me like a ton of bricks. And it wasn't like a voice out loud or anything, but I just got this strong feeling and something that told me like you were made for more and something big is coming. So mm. that's, that's what was said to me. Um, and I feel weird even saying that because I hear people like talk about their spiritual experiences. I'm like, oh, that's weird <laughs> because you just, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have those experiences, you're just like, oh, that's yeah, cool. So that, I mean, I refer back to that almost on a daily basis because I came home and I, and like I said, me and my husband on a very different page and he doesn't even have interest right now in like church or spirituality. And then there's a me who in, at that moment, I was just craving like any sort of spirituality and connection. And, um, I was really learning how to connect with myself and I was following a lot of energy workers and I got a reading done. And the reading was pretty crazy because she literally said everything that was going on and that I needed to continue to keep opening up myself to connect with my um, spirit guides. So it's been, it's been really cool because I feel like I've gotten to explore so many different faiths and religions and belief systems. And um, I still <laughs> don't, I still have no idea like where I'm going to end up at or where I am now, but here's the cool thing. And I think just through my most recent awakening, um, I, something that kind of hit me was everyone kind of comes to the same conclusion in their own way. And I have found that so interesting with like, with religion or with spirituality or, and I don't even know if you wanted to get into this side of this awakening that I'm referring to, but I've just noticed like everyone's coming to the same conclusion in a much different way, whether it's like spirituality or religion or their Bible or whatever their belief system is, everyone comes to the same conclusion. So it's so cool to me. Um, and I'm just so much more open-minded and I don't believe anymore that there's one right way. I think everyone like really does have their own path and they're brought to that path um, when they're supposed to be brought to that path. And I really do believe that I grew up how I was supposed to grow up. And 
I was brought to this new path for a reason. And I don't know if that was to help other people um, find their path because I do have a lot of people um, that follow me on Instagram that have gone through a faith transition. A lot of people that left the Mormon church. And then I also created a group on Facebook called WTF What the Faith. And that's for women who've also gone through a faith transition, whether it was they left their Mormonism or I mean, whatever, whatever church they grew up in, just anyone who's gone through any sort of faith transition, that's kind of a support group for women um, to kind of, yeah, just relate to each other and talk because it's, it is a lonely, lonely and Mm -hmm. very hard journey to say the least. Like I, I can't even begin to describe the pain that I felt in my lowest moment when I, and it was, it was the day before I told my parents and told my husband's parents. And it was just the worst. It was just the worst feeling ever. I just, I just didn't feel like I was, life was going to go on. I literally thought that that was going to be one of my last weeks on earth because I, I physically and emotionally mentally did not think I was going to make it through that transition. Wow. I think you make such a good point though, because, and it just goes to show how interconnected we all are and just how much whatever larger purpose that you believe in that I think you're right. We all come to it in so such different ways, but kind of all are coming to the same conclusion. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before this podcast of how when you're going through it, you feel like you're the only one the only one in the world and you're completely on an island alone. But then if you're brave enough to share that, you realize how many other people are going through it too. Absolutely. Yeah. How has this most recent transition into exploring all these different religions and mindfulness tools and meditation, how has it changed you as a mother? Oh, I just, I feel like I'm much more open-minded um, with parenting and even with religion, like me and my husband are in a place where we want our kids to know that there's that they get to choose how they want to worship or whatever it is. And that's so powerful to me because I know I'm on the path I'm supposed to be on, but I, I can't help but wonder if I were raised that way, you know, and I've had so many people reach out to me that just say um, me leaving my religion is going to completely change my daughter's life. And she's not going to have to go through those same, like the issues that I went through or therapy for the rest of her life, trying to get through a lot of the teachings that were just ingrained in me since I was little. So it really is interesting to see how just these little choices and change in our religion and our just entire um, mindset is going to completely change the future generations and just being more open to, I mean, anything. I mean, even if my daughter chose Mormonism, I would be totally fine with that because she was choosing it. Um, Mm. and it wasn't forced upon her or told like, this is the only way this is the whatever, and you have to do this. So I, I mean, it would be hard if she chose that, but (laughs) if it was her choice, I would support it. So I feel like it's, I went from, this is how we do things to being much more open-minded. And that's not even just religion. I feel like it's with everything. Just, I think as parents, it's natural to have expectations for our children of, oh my gosh, they're going to play sports. They're going to go to college. They're going to become doctor. I mean, just the things we want for our kids because we love them. Of course we want the best for them. Um, 
but I really let go of those expectations. And so is my husband. And it's really fun to see just how that has changed our parenting and just opening up the possibilities of what that could mean for our children and really just supporting and loving them through their stages and whatever they choose in life. I love so much how on Instagram, you're very open and honest to kind of about shifting that conversation and that identity of what a mother should be. Did that come with leaving the church or was that always something that you felt passionate about? It's definitely something I've felt passionate about. I, I struggle being a mom and it's not that I don't love my kids. It's more, it just does not come naturally to me. Um, my husband is, is if we were to talk about a typical mom role and a typical dad role, we would be so flip-flops. Like he has the patience and the compassion and he cooks and he cleans and he does that mom role that people would say is a mom role. And I'm more like, I would love to just work all the time and bring home the money. And that would be my job and hang out with my kids before they go to bed. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much what it's come down to, but um, I think it's important for me as part of my, my using my platform to talk about that because I feel like that's even one of the most lonely, loneliest places to be is just to feel like you're not being a good mom when it doesn't come naturally to you because it's so easy to see. I mean, right now when it's, when we're obviously on lockdown and parents are doing homeschool and I just see these like moms with all these lessons and these Pinterest things. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm just trying to keep my kids alive and be patient <laughs> mm-hmm. and get sleep. And so for, for me, I, um, I heard Rachel Hollis and I know people are very indifferent about her, but she said something that I needed to hear in the right moment. She came to my company's leadership um, conference. I think it was two years ago in October. And she stood up and pretty much said the same thing. Like she does not enjoy being a mom. She loves her kids. It's not her gym. She loves working. She loves spending quality time with her kids, not being with her kids 24 seven and whatever. So that almost gave me permission to like embrace how I felt because someone else felt that way. So that's been really important to me to kind of just drop those in there and talk about it because there's so many people after I posted my mother's day post and I didn't even really go into it, but I said like two sentences about how the mom thing isn't my like talent or it's not, I I just was not born to be a mom. I do not have those like motherly traits that you think about. That's just not who I am. And I got so many messages after that. And it was, I mean, it was, it's just, I don't even know the right word, but it's, I wish that I would have seen that sooner. Um, because I really struggled with that in the first six months. And luckily my business came to me, um, when my first daughter was born, when she was about four months old. And that was a huge blessing for me, but I was, I mean, I was in such a dark place at that time because I was trying to be a stay at home mom. And I was never that kid in elementary or junior high or high school when you'd go around and ask people what they want to be. And all the women were like, I want to be a mom. I want to be a mom. And it came my turn. And I never, I was like, I want to, like, I want to have a business or I want to work. I want to do, that's just always been me and who I am. And my mom is a super hard worker and she worked while we were growing up. And I'm, I'm a very like competitive and goal-driven person. I played um, sports in college and that's just who I am. 
And it would not serve me to beat myself up about that every day. Instead, me doing the things I love makes me such a better mom because I have my goals for myself. I have something pushing me. And guess what? My kids get to see that. They get to see how hard I work. They get to see um, that they literally can do anything they want. And I, I mean, Charlie says stuff all the time and I always put it up on Instagram. Um, she came in the other night and it was super late at night. She does this every night, like midnight strolls in half asleep, but she said, mom, do you know, we can do, we can do anything we want to do, huh? And I was like, yes, we can. And there's, there's going to be pros and cons to being a working mom and being a stay at home mom, you know? So I just feel like as women, we have to really focus on, we have to make time for ourselves and we have to have our own like goals. And if that means some people just love being a mom, they love spending 20, like time with their kids 24 seven. It's what brings them joy and happiness. That's amazing. And that's what they should focus on. But for me, that's not what brings me joy and happiness. I like my quality family time where we really like give give each other 100% and we do something fun together and we're spending time together but like I could not be with my kids 24 7 and be a happy human it's just not it's just not me I love so much that you said that though because it's such an important thing to recognize about yourself because we're told as women that when you become a mom that's how it should be and that's who you should be and you should only be that and there's so many we are all here to do different things and we all have different things that light us up and that fuel our energy. So sometimes that's being a mom. Sometimes that's family time, but sometimes that can be something completely different. Yeah, I totally agree. So what is your, do you have a current spiritual practice that you do on a daily basis? Okay. I've been so bad lately, but my goal has been to meditate. That's kind of when I can like really sit down and just connect with myself and feel those things I need to feel. Sometimes stuff comes to me. Sometimes it's just a good chance for me to sit down and like be with myself because I am the craziest go-go person. I'm usually working like 9am until midnight with a couple breaks in between, um, for family time or whatever I have going on that day. But I'm, I mean, I am go, go, go. So it, for me is very important to slow down and do meditation. And like I said, I've been so bad the last few weeks, so I definitely need to get back on that. But that's just my me time. That is my time when I can connect. And I'm actually really excited because me and my husband are doing like a little spiritual retreat next month. I'm very nervous and very excited. And I'm, um, I'm actually hoping that I get a lot of healing out of this. And I can move on from some of the anger that I have and some of the, the the triggers that I experience often. So that's kind of my hope going into this. And my husband, as I said before, isn't super spiritual or necessarily like on any like religious path at the moment. But I'm hoping this kind of brings us closer and helps us both dig deep and really decide like what we want or what we want to believe in or move past things or whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like to each of us. I can't wait to hear how it goes. That's like my dream. (laughs) So what is on your spiritual bucket list? Is there anything you want to learn somewhere you want to go or experience? Well, the funny thing is it's that. So this is a very unique um, experience because we drink plants medicine, I guess it's called. I don't know the exact. Are you doing ayahuasca? I, I don't know if that's the exact name, but yes. 
I'm so jealous. So, <laughs> I will be I'm, there in spirit. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. So basically this retreat, we don't even get to stay in the same room. Um, the first night she said we could the, the second and third night if we wanted to. So this is literally like we are disconnecting from the world, which is going to be the most insane. I have, I have not, not worked in so long. So this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. So we're pretty much going, I mean, it's about three hours away from where we live and we go to, I don't even know what it is, but it's a three-day retreat and we do, I mean, there's a lot of meditating. Obviously we drink, um, there's, I guess there's four different kinds of the tea and we just have our spiritual experiences, but I have reached out to a lot of people who have done this and especially people who've left the Mormon church and it's been life changing for them. Like the things and stories they've told me have blown my mind and I don't want to go there with expectations, but I'm definitely going to go with an open mind and hoping that this will kind of help me heal from the anger because it's not it's not fun being angry. And I live in Utah, which is like the biggest Mormon populated. And there's a church on literally every corner. Um, and it's just in my face all the time. And I, I don't want to be angry anymore and I don't want to be triggered. So I'm really hoping this is going to help me just open up and see a bigger picture and see what my path is so that I can move past all of that stuff. So I would say that's definitely on my bucket list. I feel like this could possibly potentially change um a lot of things for me and my husband just from hearing everyone's experiences and I first heard about it on have you heard of um the show goop the goop yes of course it's amazing (laughs) that's kind of where we first started kind of like digging and like looking around um and watching and those just watching their experiences it was it was very intense but also really cool because they all I mean the craziest things get brought up and you just don't, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get out of it. So it's very nerve wracking, but also I'm very excited to see where this takes us. I'm so excited for you. I have to hear how it goes. I can't wait to see you on the other side of it. (laughs) I know I'm like nervous. (laughs) Don't be, it's gonna, you, I think you already have that gut feeling that it's going to be life-changing and so it will be. Yeah, I think so too. It's been such a pleasure having you on this podcast. And I like to end with wise words for anyone listening who needs extra encouragement to step into their highest self. So what are your wise words to end on? Okay, I'm going to say meditation. Meditation has changed my life. And I, this world, we are so busy. And I think it's become very apparent with everything that's going on right now. Um, where we have been forced to slow down and maybe not do as much or things have been closed, um, schools closing down. I think I can confidently say that most of us are realizing what is really important and what's not important and how busy our lives have been. Um, I mean, as moms and women, and we hold so many roles and it almost doesn't give us time to even breathe or spend time for ourselves. So meditation, um, I will not lie. It was very hard for me at first. It's still hard because you have to really learn to shut your brain off during that five, 10, 15, 20 minutes of meditating. Um, I have really enjoyed guided meditation. Mm -hmm. So it kind of guides you through um, just the whole process because if you're like me and you're thinking about your to-do list, the second you wake up, it's really hard to shut that off. So the guided meditation, it just gives you 
a chance to reflect on what's going on. And it also gives you a chance as things kind of like pull up in your head, you kind of learn to work through them and not let them completely take over. So just those silent moments during the day have, I mean, it's almost like a vacation. If you're a mom, that's a vacation, like five Mm -hmm. minutes in the closet meditating. That's a vacation. (laughs) Like, (laughs) especially when you're stuck at home with your kids during, you know, this lockdown, depending on where you're at in your state, but most of us have already been on lockdown for two months. So those, I mean, those quiet moments are going to be everything. So connecting with yourself, I would say, um, definitely meditating and even journaling. You'll be surprised at the things that you'll write down and the things that will come to you when you have those moments of silence. And then you are writing things down, just the progress you'll start making and those, those little thoughts that will come to you during meditation that, I mean, literally could change, could change everything. Thank you for listening to Enlightenhood. For more wisdom from spiritual mamas like you in the form of guided meditations, videos, articles, masterclasses, and more, check us out at enlightenhood.com or connect with us on Instagram at enlightenhood. If you need a tribe of like-minded women to dive into personal and spiritual development with, check out our monthly membership where we show up, go inward and upward together. Enroll today at enlightenhood.com backslash membership for less than the cost of a yoga class. Until next time, you mindful mamas.